And welcome into the Big Ten Huddle. I'm your host, JR. I am remote today, so I'm not in my normal setup. My mic probably sounds a little bit different, but we're going to make it work. I have with me today casual Big Ten, Kent and Chris, making his first appearance from the Boiler Express on with us today for the Big Ten Huddle. Before we get into it, I'm going to let these guys introduce themselves, tell you where you can find them at. Kent, why don't you start us off? Kent Peterson is my name. I run the casual Big Ten Twitter account. Also do a podcast every once in a while. Lacking motivation uh, this December, though. Haven't put one out since last week. But uh, JR, thanks for having me, man. I love being back. For sure, man. Yeah, you've been on here quite a bit, and we appreciate that. Uh, Chris, since you're new to the show, go ahead and tell people about yourself and where they can find you at. What's going on? I'm Chris Jewell. I am part of the Boiler Express podcast. You can catch us on all your podcast areas, and we go live usually Tuesday nights at 9 on Twitter, X, whatever it's called now, YouTube and Facebook. So if you follow any of those pages, you'll see us live. Otherwise, we'll be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, all that stuff um, Very good. Awesome. later in the week. Very good. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Kent. Appreciate that. We had some drama before we get into it. We had some drama in the big banter chat, which of course Kent is not in, but that's okay. Kent will fill you in and get your opinion on it. Uh, there were some rankings done for the top 25 in big banter and uh, UConn came in at number one. Of course, Purdue with a lot of ranked wins, very impressive win over Arizona. Uh, Chris, you want to just go ahead and fill the people in on why uh, UConn being number one and Purdue being number two is the incorrect choice? Well, just to first off, Purdue has as much quad one wins as UConn has almost quad one and two games. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. UConn's 10 and one. They've got a really good team. They're fourth at Ken Palm. Not saying they shouldn't be good. I mean, I think they're fifth in net and Purdue's fourth in net. But I mean, I will put Purdue's non conference resume against anybody's in the country, hands down. Um, and the it's just kind of an asinine take to stick UConn at one. Like, I mean, I get it. Purdue kind of has turned into that team that, like, everybody loves to hate which i'm cool with but at the same time like let's not be ignorant about it like let's let's call it like it is i mean purdue's a damn good team and i would be willing to take on uconn i think they'd probably do pretty well especially since uconn just lost by 15 to seton hall so i'd be willing to take them on too after what i saw against arizona that was uh a really, really good performance. I don't know if anybody's beaten Purdue if Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith and Zach Eady are all playing that way. So yeah, I, I think mean, Purdue is got, at its best when Zach Eady is leading the team in assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you've got Fletcher Lawyer scoring twenty-seven, uh, Braden's got twenty-six, and Eady's the third out of them with twenty-two. I mean, you're doing pretty well, and I'm not really sure who uh, who's going to beat a team if they start rolling like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Kent, you let us know. Are we crazy for thinking Purdue is number one, or are you on the same page? No, they're definitely number one. There's no doubt about it. Like uh, Chris was saying, the non the non conference wins that they've gotten this year are unmatched in the country. Um, my big beef that I've had this week it's not big banter related, but I got into it with people because I was talking about how um, there was a tweet that was circulating about how Matt Painter is not getting the respect or he's disrespected and for good reason in the postseason, you know, Purdue has not had the best performances, but my pushback on it was that every year 
college basketball teams, especially in this era, are very different. And uh, I understand that the coach is the same, but this is a brand new team. And if you um, don't look at it as a brand new team every year, then you're just kind of being uh, you're kind of wearing blinders. If you're asking me, you know, just because they lost last year or even the year before that or the year before that in whatever round that they lost in. It's a new team this year. This team is way better. This team is more experienced now. And uh, that's kind of the pushback that I was getting on Twitter this this week is like, man, this team is really good and they're going to be hard to beat no matter what time of year it is. So I'm excited to get to March because I'm not a Purdue fan, but I am kind of caping for them a little bit and hoping that they go uh, make a deep run, especially in the big dance, because just because all the nonsense has been talked about Coach Painter. Well, and at the same time, too, I'm an Ohio State fan, and it doesn't feel good watching my team uh, get pummeled and beat to a pulp, and then the other people are like, oh, but that team's no good. It's like, no, they destroyed us, and they are very good, so give yeah. me, please make me feel better about my team. And I, yeah, think, exactly. I think one thing that's always been kind of – like, I understand the issues at hand when it comes to March, and, I mean, nobody can deny it, but at the same time, like, you can't deny Painter's a very good developer – and he's very offensive smart. Like the dude is just, I mean, I think last year there was something that they have like their playbook is like 320 plays. And like, it's out of like, you know, I don't know how many sets say 10 sets, but like, I mean, just the, the, the offensive mastermind that he kind of is, is pretty incredible. And like, I think it's a little bit of a disservice to say that like, Painter isn't a elite coach just because he hasn't won. I mean, he's pretty elite. He just has, I mean, it's just a hump to get over. It's like Peyton Manning with the Super Bowl up until he beat the Patriots and went to the Super Bowl. I mean, he kind of had that monkey on his backs. And I think, I think, uh, who was it? Dan Dockich or Jay Williams or somebody last year said, as long as you're getting opportunities by going to the dance, it's going to happen eventually. It's a numbers yeah. game. I mean, but you've got to try and beat, win six games against the best competition in the country. And usually it's, you know, every other day you're playing games. It's just, it's tough and it's a lot of luck. Uh, we got Dylan in the chat. Chris, I know that guy. I know him. we are on a podcast together. So uh, thanks, Dylan, for being here. Appreciate you. Do, me, and Dylan, me and Dylan have a podcast together. I wasn't aware of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure if you invite Dylan on, he'll come on. Uh, he doesn't talk sports very much, though, so just be aware. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's on a sports podcast and he doesn't talk very many sports. So. That's perfect. You need yeah. guys like that. There you go. I uh, do want to remind you, even though we were giving him some uh, some heat there, we are brought to you by Big Bater Sports, BigBaterSports.com. Of course, it isn't all fun, but we're definitely going to call it out. If there's something we don't agree with, uh, make sure we're holding the uh, media group accountable. And then also, if you're watching this on YouTube, please do like and subscribe. We appreciate that. If you're watching it on Twitter, please do give us a retweet. We also appreciate that. And as well, if you're listening to this on podcast, uh, please do give us a rating, subscribe over there. We appreciate that. All right. Uh, oh, Dylan, fill us in again. It's comedic relief, JR. Thank you. Yes, yes. I need some more comedy in my life. Appreciate that, Dylan. All right. Well, let's get to our first matchup, guys. We had Michigan playing. Where's my thing? There it is. Florida. Yes, Michigan played Florida. It was double overtime, so that's why you see the 101 to 106. It was a very, very fun game to watch. Unfortunately, I missed the end of it because I had to do my podcast last night when they played, so these guys can help fill me in on the end of the game. But I I enjoyed the game. Doug McDaniel did Doug McDaniel things. He is just – I mean – 
he's one of my favorite players to watch. I don't know if I'm going to draft him later on in the show, but he's definitely one of my favorite players to watch in all of the Big Ten. He is just he, he's electric with the ball, can make so many things happen. Um, and of course, with Juwan Howard back, this was one that it was good to see the team fight. And I felt like Juwan Howard called it an okay game. I wouldn't say it was his best game ever, but um, it was. You know, it was okay. So, uh, but Kent, uh, we'll go to you first on this one. What were your thoughts on the Michigan versus Florida game? Yeah, I thought it was a good game. It was a fun game to watch. Um, I do have to disagree with you on Jawan Howard, though. I think that he, uh, to me, he's the worst coach in the Big Ten, and it's not even to, it's not even really close. If you watch their offensive sets, um, a, a big part of their offense is dumping it into the mid post area and guys just taking fadeaway shots. And it's really tough to watch because I felt like, or I feel like Michigan has talent wise, one of the, you know, upper, upper tier, not the top of the big 10, but you know, they're in that five to seven range as far as talent. And then they're just not coached well. So they don't get opportunities to win close games uh, when it comes down to crunch time. Uh, The end of the first overtime, they were up three, had a chance to foul, put them on the line with eight seconds to go. And he decides not to. And what do you know? Florida hits a three. And then in double overtime, uh, Florida kind of just poured it on. And um, that's how they ended up getting that win. But like you said, Doug was incredible last night. Um, And it just, you know, I I feel like I've said this a thousand times on my show and on other people's show. I just I just don't think I think that Juwan is a great recruiter. He's good for the brand. And uh, he's just a really bad X's and O's basketball coach. He can't get his guys in the right position defensively, and his sets are really basic. And uh, it's tough to watch, I think. No, yeah, and I agree. Like I said, I don't think it was a good game called by him. I think it was, you know, like I said, okay. Um, I definitely think there are things that Juwan needs to be working on more in practice with his players. Um, But, but you know, your your criticism is valid. There were things that he messed up on as well. Unfortunately, I didn't see those things at the end of the game, uh, but I appreciate you filling me in on those. Chris, what were some of your thoughts on the Michigan Wolverines playing Florida? A lot of the same. Um, their offense just doesn't seem like it has an identity. You know, like you look at Purdue, it's dump to Edie, kick out for three on the double, or drive and score. You know, it's either score close or score from three. Um, with them, it's kind of like you said, kick it to the mid post and then shoot fadeaway jumper. It, it kind of reminds me of like NBA offense. Like it's just like, I'm going to wing it until something happens. And like, it's just it's kind of painful to watch. And like, like I was kind of talking a little bit before the show, McDaniel's really, really good, but it doesn't seem like that team has a killer. Like it's had in years past, like somebody that you're going to give the basketball to, he's going to be the one to get your bucket, you know, where you've got Tyson Walker, Michigan state, Edie at Purdue, you know, other guys around the country, Terrence Shannon and stuff like that. You'll dump those, the ball to those guys and, expect him to get a basket where I think McDaniel's just kind of alone on an Island from a skill standpoint sometimes, and they just double and triple him, and nobody else kind of picks up slack. Yeah, I, I totally agree on the NBA offense. And of course, that's where Jawan Howard came from as a coach, right? He was a coach in the NBA. He comes to college. Um, and I think that is something that he does pitch to a lot of his players is, look, you're going to be playing an NBA offense. I'm going to get you ready for the league. Um, and that kind of stuff works in football, but it doesn't work as well in basketball. You just you don't have the natural 
God-given talent and ability to run the same offenses in college basketball as you are able to run in the NBA. And it really does hinder Juwan's team from time to time. I feel like there is a big difference in the offense, even though uh, there might not be as much time to implement it when Phil Martelli is the one leading it. I and I'm not trying to get on Juwan Howard too much because I've been I've been uh, accused as a Juwan Howard hater. I would argue that the the Michigan fan base has more Juwan Howard haters than me. <laughs> um, but but still, like I think he, you guys are exactly right. He's able to bring in good talent, but it's just he doesn't have any sophistication to the college game with his offense to be able to utilize that talent in such a way that wins college games. Am I off on that, Kent? What are your thoughts? No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, even it's not even just offensively either. If you watch last night, especially in the second half, they went to an extended, uh, like almost like a one-three-one, and dropped back into like this two-three zone. But Florida, who is not the greatest team in the world, was absolutely picking them apart and just blazing threes on them. And it just seemed like, hey, maybe uh, get out of this zone. I it's his man-to-man defense. That's why he goes to a zone is because he doesn't teach the correct principles in man-to-man defense guys get beaten off the dribble all the time. So he has to get, go to the zone. And then I saw guys last night getting beat off the dribble in a zone. That should never happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on with that, but um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's both sides of the ball really though. It's just a really basic offense and a uh, not very well coached defense as far as just basic principles. It started with his son last year. I mean, that's really where it got like highlighted for me. Um, his I'm thinking of Jace right now, but that's not his son. Jet, Jet. when Jet, Jet was yeah. on the team last year, um, I mean, he was never in the right spot defensively. I don't know how he got drafted so high. Guy can't play defense at all. They must be teaching him defense right now in the NBA because he didn't learn any in college whatsoever. So it's kind of both sides of the ball. It's why teams like Florida, who aren't as talent, talented as Michigan, if you ask me, um, are able to win double overtime games at a neutral site against them. It's just, it really comes down to coaching. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, Florida is nowhere near the talent level of Michigan's players. Um, however, Florida was able to do some basic college basketball things. Um, Chris, in your opinion, I know you don't follow this probably as closely as some other fans, but from an outside perspective from Purdue, in your opinion, do you think Juwan Howard is in danger of losing his job this year at the end of the year, or do you think they're going to kind of stick around with him and uh, kind of wait it out? I think it depends on how Big Ten season goes. I mean, if they're just floundering towards the bottom half of the Big Ten, I think that you could see him go because really outside of that first year or two, he was pretty successful. But after that, it really just kind of came apart. So <clears throat> I kind of said it before the beginning of the season started that that I think Howard's on the he's the quietest hot seat in the Big Ten, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like nobody's bringing it up, but I would almost guarantee you that the board of trustees and the athletic department are having those conversations. Yeah, no, I agree, especially after the situation that happened with um, John Sanderson, I think uh, is how you say his name, but uh, with him. And if you ask me, with the way Michigan sports have been, John Sanderson is way more valuable to Michigan than uh, Juwan Howard is. So at the end of the day, I feel like this is a situation where probably they're going to let Juwan Howard finish the season and there will be kind of like a mutual parting of ways or Juwan Howard will find a job in the NBA or something like that. Um, 
and he'll he'll kind of go away. Phil Martelli might be an interim, or he might just get the job. Who knows? Uh, but it's definitely going to be an interesting situation. I know Michigan fans are vying for John Beeline to come back, which can't say I blame you. He was an excellent, excellent coach. So, uh, Kent, what are some of your thoughts on that? I mean, that'd be great for Michigan. He, I mean, talk about a guy that never has his guys out of position, especially defensively. And, um, you know, I actually met uh, Stu Douglas uh, a couple years back and I was able to pick his brain a little bit just about John Beeline specifically and his coaching style. And he just talked about how his practices are so meticulous and everything has to be in the right spot at the right time or they redo it. And, you know, it's kind of like the drills are difficult and I just, it's just kind of the opposite of what I imagine practice would look like right now under Juwan Howard. So yeah, that'd be great. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I do think that, uh, you guys are kind of right on the nose here. If the, if, if the big 10 season things don't get turned around, I think this will be his last year there and for good reason. Yeah, I think so, too. I think uh, it's kind of just like a ticking clock at this point, unless Juwan Howard pulls something out of the hat this season um, and makes something happen, which even though the Big Ten is down, I just don't think I see that happening. So, yeah. All right, guys, let's get to our next game. We're going to preview. Oh, where's it at? No, it's not showing up. I think it's on there. Illinois, Missouri. Oh, is it on there? Yeah, it's on there. Yeah, I'm seeing it on my end. All right, sorry. <laughs> All right, let's preview Illinois versus Missouri. Obviously, Illinois uh, near a top 10 team in the nation at this point, so they're going to be favored in this one. I did not see any odds out for this one on the CBS Sports app yet, uh, so there might be odds somewhere else, but that's normally where I get my odds. I didn't see any out. I think Illinois will definitely be the favorite in this one, though. Uh, Chris, let's go to you first. What are some of your thoughts going into this game with uh, Illinois facing off against Missouri. I definitely think, I mean, this is a game that Illinois should handle. Um, but as it's that kind of, kind of like we talked about with some other teams, it's that weird time of year where things can be weird, especially at a neutral site that you can kind of get tripped up, especially because I mean, in a week and a half, they play Purdue at Purdue. Mm-hmm. So, and they've got Missouri fairly Dickinson and a bipolar Northwestern in the next week. So I think it's one they should handle. Um, and I'm looking up the odds for the game. Um, That's what I was trying to do too. I didn't see yeah. them either. I don't know if there are any odds. If there are, it might be. Let's, let's, just, let's, let's set the line right now. Let's set yeah, the okay. big huddle yeah. line. At, uh, I'm going to say Illinois minus eight and a half. You know, oh, too I was going to go to, you know, maybe 11 or 12, but eight and a half is probably more realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be good. Over under. You got an over under on that one, Kent? Oh, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be 157 and a half. All right. Look at that. Mm-hmm. That's Our the line, boys. Kent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, now I'm really interested when it comes out to see how close I am. Yeah. 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 I think we'll that's a victory lap if uh, if if you're right on the money. <laughs> but yeah, back to it. Like I think that it's very much a game. You know, Terrence Shannon should do Shannon things, and everybody should just be pretty solid. But man, they got to stay locked in. And being a neutral court, it makes me nervous because it just I don't even know where they're playing at. But 
Um, it's just going to be going to be. Oh, they're playing St. Louis, Missouri. At the X- Enterprise Center. OK, um, hmm. that said, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. Um, it's it's one that they could definitely get caught looking and it wouldn't surprise me because they should win. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so, too. I think Illinois should win this game. It's going to be big for them uh, to get that as well. Kent, what are some of your thoughts on this game? I mean, I actually like Missouri a little bit in this game, not to win outright, but if it's a big spread, I'll probably bet them. And uh, the only reason why I say that is because the two games that I've watched of theirs was the Minnesota game first. And I I feel like, not to get on a Minnesota tangent here, but I feel like Minnesota's getting even more disrespect than they deserve at this point because I feel like they've been playing pretty tough this year. And in that Minnesota game, they had an 11 Minnesota or, or Missouri? Yeah, Missouri played Minnesota. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you were going to yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. They they went to the barn and came back from down like 11 with like three minutes to go. And Minnesota totally nerfed it in that game. But other than that, though, I, th- I feel like Minnesota is a little bit stronger than what people are giving them credit for. So that was a good win. And then you look at, uh, they went to, uh, a couple weeks ago, they went to Kansas and they kept it within 10 at Kansas. I don't know how great Kansas is at this point, but it's always tough to go to Kansas and play kind of tough there. So I think that Missouri is going to be a formidable opponent against Illinois, who I have been getting, and I feel like this is anyone that has Twitter, but I have been getting so much shit. Oh, can I cuss on here? I'm sorry, dude. Uh, no, you're good. Go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. I've been getting so much uh, crap about Illinois, where I had them on the power rankings this year, uh, or this week. I had them at five in the Big Ten, and it's really because their best win is Florida Atlantic at this point. I'm not going to go through their whole schedule, but I like Illinois. I just don't like that they haven't beaten the good teams that they've played so far, and I'm talking about Tennessee and Marquette and teams like Wisconsin, for example, beat Marquette. So, I think this is going to be a good game tomorrow. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this. I think that Missouri is better than people think. Illinois might be getting a little bit too much credit. But, uh, you know, I've been wrong lots of times on things like this. I could, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm totally off and Illinois just blows them out tomorrow, too. That's also a possibility. That's why basketball is so much fun and why I'm so looking forward to it tomorrow. Well, Illinois has a has a strong weakness on their team, which is you know the lack of point guard. Uh, and I know Illinois fans talk about it all the time, and sometimes it really helps them in a game if the defense is not able to counter that very well. And sometimes it can also be their detriment. I thought I felt like it was their detriment against Tennessee. Now there were some questionable calls in that Tennessee game, but uh, still Illinois they. I don't want to say he gave up, but they kind of got frustrated, got down on themselves and didn't play as well. And so for me, it just feels like this Illinois team is kind of like hit or miss sometimes. I think when Illinois is playing good Illinois basketball, they're one of the best teams in the country. I think they're a top 10 team when they're playing that well. Unfortunately, they have these sleeper games where they don't play as well. And then they turn into not even a top five worthy or top five, a top 25 worthy team because they're not playing together or they're getting frustrated. They're not playing well. And some of that comes back on Brad Underwood. You know, what is he actively doing combating uh, some of the, the, the bad, you know, mojo or body language, whatever you want to say um, with it all. I think they are more mature this year. So I think we're seeing the good version of Illinois more often 
than the bad. But for me, it really comes down to that. This is more about Illinois choosing to win this game or allowing themselves to lose. I give all the credit in the world to Missouri because I think Missouri is a good team. Unfortunately, it's kind of like last year. They didn't play as many people in the non-conference. So it was kind of hard to gauge them early on. But I still think, uh, what's their coach's name? Dennis Gates. Is that the Missouri coach? Um, right. I think, but I still think their coach is a good coach. And so I think he can get them together and playing well. It just really comes down to what Illinois team are we going to see? And I hope we see the really, really good one because that's the more fun one to watch. Yeah. So, all right, guys, let's move on to Maryland at UCLA. I hope that's showing up because it's not showing up on mine. Okay, excellent. Uh, Maryland is facing off against UCLA here and UCLA has been, a bit weird. You know, they played Ohio State tough. They really gave them a good uh, a good game. And then after that, they went out and lost to C.S. Northridge. I could not tell you where C.S. Northridge is. I can't tell you who their mascot is. Um, they have a logo on the CBS app, so that's good. T- typically, if they don't have a logo, that's really bad. <laughs> um, but still, I mean, losing to them 76 to 72. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch that game, but I watched some of the highlights in UCLA. Um, they, they are just offensively deficient. Um, they, they don't have the offensive players that they quite need. Uh, but Maryland is playing some better basketball now than they once were. Um, at the start of the season, they were losing quite a bit and they lost to Indiana, but in their last seven games, they're six and one. So that is good. Not, not great competition in those six games, but definitely somewhere where you want to be. Kent, what are some of your thoughts going into the Maryland and UCLA game? Yeah. Uh, based on the last week, just a couple bad teams facing off because uh, you mentioned the UCLA game. Uh, what was it? I think last night, but uh, Maryland mm-hmm. was struggling with nickel state last night. Yep. They sh- they borderline. I-, I feel like they got outplayed in that game. To be honest, oh, they and did. They let they let Nickel State come into their house and kind of push them around. And that's pretty embarrassing, man. You can't yeah. have that happen. So I I mean, talk about a throw your hands up game. I have no idea who's going to win this game or what's going to happen because you have a Maryland team that I think is relying too much on Julian Reese to be a guy, and he's just not that. He's a good role player, and uh, you know I it's just. Everything you said about Maryland is already true. Offensive deficiencies across the board, it just feels like. And to me, it just seems like it's more of a passion thing. It doesn't seem like they're ready for any game, and they're just not like excited to be playing basketball right now. I don't know what it is, um, but I'd like to see some more fire from them in this UCLA game, maybe turn things around a little bit. This could be a good boost for them. I'd like to see them win this game, and it uh, you know kind of propel them into some more wins entering the uh, Big Ten play. Oh yeah, and at the beginning of the year they were they were thought of as going to be a top half, possibly top four team in the conference. Yeah. I mean, you had Jameer Young, you have Julian Reese, you know, you have the star freshman uh, Harris Smith, I think is his name. Um, there's so many freshmen, I get their names mixed up, but yeah. anyway, he was coming in. He was supposed to be a big help for their offense, take some of the weight off of Jameer Young, and it's just not turned into that and this Maryland team hasn't looked great. I kind of put it more on Kevin Willard or. Uh, yeah, yeah, Willard, I, I put in a little bit more on him. I see what you're saying, Kent, that the guys aren't exactly up for every single game. But to me, that goes back to coaching. Why aren't your players getting up for these games? Why are your players not giving what looks like max effort? And you've had an offensive issue all season long. I mean, what, they scored 40 points against Villanova. Villanova's not a good team. 
I know Villanova was thought of at the beginning as a good team. They've lost some some bad games. They're, I mean, maybe an average team at best. I don't think Villanova is a good team, and you can't score only 40 points on them. So I have concerns about this Maryland team. I'd like to think that they win. I will probably pick them to win ultimately because of some of UCLA's deficiencies. However, I'm not super confident in that. Chris, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I probably wouldn't pick Maryland just because they're going on the road. They're 0-2 on the road this season. And, I mean, they've just lost some abysmal games. I mean, they lost to 110th-ranked Davidson and 174th-ranked UAB. Uh, Those are Ken Palm numbers. And, like, I mean, and Nichols was 261 in Ken Palm, and they only won by six. Like Purdue had that a few years ago where they played Nichols and gave up like 90 points. We still won, but that was kind of the beginning of like, Hey, our defense kind of sucks this year. It was Jaden Ivey's kind of breakout year mm-hmm. and was kind of like, Hey, uh, offense is not good. We should probably fix that. And this is kind of another one of those things. I mean, they rank, um, they're 168th most efficient offense in the country. Like that's just, bad and while their defense is good i mean they're 23rd in defense but i mean if you're not putting basket buckets in the basket your defense is going to get ran into the ground and i'm not saying that ucla is gonna you know light them up because they're only 150 i mean almost ucla and um maryland are almost identical when it comes to offensive and defensive efficiency I think they, it's both, gonna... they both played at Villanova just uh, as a common opponent at this point. I don't know if that mm-hmm. matters as much in basketball because all, every game is so different. But uh, UCLA only lost by 10. I don't I didn't see that game. I don't know if that was like a comeback. We like we're down by 20. Yeah. But I do know that Maryland was down by like almost 40. Right. At one. Point. Yeah. yeah. And then ended up losing and made it look respectable by 17. That was not a 17 point game. No. So if you just look at that one game, yeah. 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 It's just, I just don't see, because I think they're just trying to lean on, like you said, Reese too much and Jameer Young way too much. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they're, they're trying to put all their eggs in that, those two baskets. And it's just coming apart at the seams because nobody else is doing anything worth worth a dang. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's definitely not a good situation for Maryland. We haven't talked about them much just because, you know, there's not been many great games to talk about them with, but I'm excited that we get to talk about them a little bit now. Uh, let me move one more player over here. Sorry, I've been uh, making these players on here. Okay, let's get to our last, or not our last. Our That's pretty, JR, you're, you're, you could be like Michigan's coach. You just moved a player somewhere. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, man, that's what I do. All right, <laughs> give me a second while we uh, move what around. Howard the, even uh, do that. The things here. There we go. All right. So we have a nice little uh, oh, yeah. uh, sheet like here to help us out. So what we're going to do here is I have Kent, JR, and Chris under the Big Ten midseason predictions. We are going to go place by place, rank, and we'll start with Kent. Then we'll go with me. Then we'll go with Chris, and we'll just kind of snake it, go, go down and around like that. And we'll just one at a time give who we have at the very beginning of uh, or at the top and then go all the way down to the bottom so Kent go ahead and surprise us with the number one pick because everybody is so uh is so wondering what you're going to pick to be the number one team at the end of the season I mean it's definitely Purdue that's let's let's be honest uh, let's be real 
I think that the only team, I still believe this. I said this at the beginning of the year, and I'm glad that they've proven me kind of right this week. I think the only team that could give them any pressure is Michigan State. And uh, I'm not confident enough to put them ahead of Purdue. So Purdue is number one at the end of the year. Yeah, I uh, I tend to agree. I'm going to go ahead and move that over. There we go. Purdue for Kent. Purdue for me. I agree. Zach Eady, Braden Smith, Fletcher, even if they drop a game or two, I feel like it's going to be uh, so competitive with everybody else that Purdue's just going to eventually pull away and win this one. So, Chris, I know uh, our resident Purdue fan. Yeah, yep, very uh, hard to gauge here on what you're picking. Yeah, you, you know, on? I definitely, you know, I bet it's, I bet it's going to be difficult, but yeah, it's going to be Purdue. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I would think. You got any reason for it? Or are you? Uh, I think it's good? just, I mean, they're just the most complete team in the conference. I just don't mm-hmm. see, especially, like I said, if Braden and Fletcher continue to to play the way they have, especially Fletcher, he's shooting like an a. a ridiculous amount when it comes to playing top five teams out of like the top 10 scoring against top five Ken Palm teams. Fletcher has like two of the highest games or something like that. Like it's just, it's some astronomical number. I saw it on Twitter the other day, I'm probably butchering that all to all to bits, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I just don't see how I, because that was the detriment to Purdue last year was they just couldn't hit outside shots. Now they're leading the Big Ten of three point percentage. Yeah. Um, I think that's just going to be big. And Lance Jones brings an aspect of the team that Purdue didn't have last year. Um, Lance Jones, Cam Heidi, and um, Miles Colvin—the athleticism that they bring—that they can just turn it on and just start running up and down the court. Their pace is a lot better. I think it's just kind of makes sense to me. I agree. I really like Mike Colvin. All right, who's your second team, Chris? Oh, I don't know. This is what like like one makes sense and then everybody else is difficult. Like part of me says Illinois cuz they just kind of have a I think that they have the pieces there. Yeah. To to do good things. Um it's just now I'm worried about consistency. You know, if they can do it every night and things like that, I think that they could fight to get into that, you know, that double buy section of the Big Ten tournament. So I'm going to go with Illinois. All right. We'll go with Illinois. Their second. Uh, I'm actually going to do the same. I think Illinois. Uh, I just think they're too talented to not be second or at least third. I know that, like I said, they kind of have their deficiencies with their in- inconsistencies at time. However, I think that if I'm if I'm picking the team that I think will play, it has the highest ceiling to play the best. I think it's Illinois, uh, so I'm going to pick them to be second. Ken, who's your second team? Um, I'll, I'll surprise it. I'll make it a little bit interesting here. I'll take Wisconsin second. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the win that they already got at Michigan State. And with uh, from the window to the crawl to the wall, I love those two guys. <laughs> and I love saying that, even though it doesn't even make sense with the concept <laughs> of the song. But um. I like those two guys. I like their offense. AJ Store is awesome. So I'll take Wisconsin second. That's not bad. Right, number three. Uh, number three. I'm still going to not choose Illinois quite yet. I'm going to put uh, the guys I was just talking about, Michigan State, at three. 
um, just for the reasons I just talked about, and then we can keep it moving, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm actually going to go with Wisconsin at number three for a lot of the same reasons, uh, and and mostly just the experience and you know guys who are playing together. I think Chucky Hepburn is playing within his role a lot better this season, and I think that's been really really good for them. So I think that they'll get to number three. Chris, who is your number three team? Took the words right out of my mouth. I was going with Wisconsin as well. All right, Chris and I are, are twins right here. I know, right? Who's your four team, Chris? Uh, I'm going to say Michigan State. I All think right. that they are starting to kind of figure it out, and definitely that Baylor game seemed like it, but again, I want to see more consistency, and I think that's a big issue with probably 12 of the 14 teams in the Big Ten right now is there's just not a lot of consistency with their play time in and time out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I am going to surprise a few people here and be a little bit of a homer, but I'm going to go with Ohio State at number four. Uh, I am praying that this happens. I don't know if this will actually happen, but I'm praying that Chris Holtman gets the offense together and gets them to play enough defense and that we don't go on the terrible January run that makes me want to talk about <laughs> basketball for the rest of the season. Kent, what are your thoughts on number four? Uh, I'll take uh, – I want this to look interesting when you put this graphic out. So uh, – I think that the the four, five, and six teams are all really close to each other, for me at least. And uh, those three teams for me are Illinois, uh, Northwestern, and Ohio State. So mm-hmm. I'm going to put Northwestern at four. I think that those three teams are pretty even. So I'll just be, just for the interest level, I'll put it at number four. Because I think that they're all pretty much the same, four through yep. six, for me. I do think that there's a big gap after number six, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Who you got for number five then if they're close? Uh I'll take uh I'll take Ohio State at five. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you'll you'll believe in my buckeyes for me. So I'm yeah, plus I just want to make everybody from Illinois upset. That's <laughs> like, make that's just gonna be fun for me. Uh, I'm actually going to take Northwestern at number five. I know they lost to Chicago State, but they did beat Purdue. So, again, this is me kind of going with the C lead of the team. I think Boo Booey is very good if he can kind of find that consistent scoring. And I think that they have some good passers down low as well. So I like that part about Northwestern. Uh, Chris, who do you have at number five? I'm kind of – it's very close to me between Ohio State and Northwestern. I think I'm going to go with Ohio State, though. I just think that their ceiling – as weird as it sounds, because we lost to Northwestern, which Northwestern will be my six. Um, but I think that they have a better long term. I just that Chicago State game just really kind of sets a bad taste in my mouth, even though like it it sets a bad taste in my mouth for a couple of reasons, because Purdue against Northwestern was sold out of standing room only. And then when they played against Chicago State, it was like a funeral. Mm-hmm. Like there was nobody there. And it was just, it was very weird. And I think that's a big dynamic of it is that like, how's this team going to play on the road in Big Ten season? How's this team going to to play in the Big Ten tournament when they're not at home or something like that? Just what are they going to do to drive themselves to to play well and kind of find that fire within themselves? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a huge question for them. All right, my number six team, I am going to go a little bit off here. Where they at? Why can't I find them? Uh, there they are. I'm going to go with Nebraska. I really, nice. really like what they have mm-hmm. down low. Um, I think that 
you know, Kasai Tamanaga is, is is a wonderful player to watch. I don't think he's as much the star of this team as maybe he was at the beginning of the season. I think Juwan Gary and Rick Mast are really, really good players down low. They make a lot of good things happen for this team. And so I like for Nebraska to be able to compete well with those big men. Kent, who's your number six? I'll take Illinois now at six. Not I can hear Twitter yeah. burning up already. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> number seven, I'll take... Uh, man, it's like all like just a flip of the coin at this mm-hmm. point. I'll take Indiana yeah. at seven. Okay. I got too many red teams. They're stuff. all yeah. the same. Like, I mean, it's funny you're mentioning that they all look the same because they're all red, but like all the rest of the teams are basically like the I'll same. Make their, I'll make their font white. There we go. So that'll help nice. with Indiana. Um, let's see. My number seven team. I'm going to go with Indiana. I like Ware. I like uh, this this team for different parts of it. I was impressed with the way they played against Kansas for like the first, what was it? You know, uh, not last five minutes yeah. <laughs> other than yeah. that. So I thought it was an interesting game. So I'll take a bit of a wild card there with you, Kent, and go with Indiana number seven. Chris, who's yeah. your number seven team? I think I'm going to go with uh, Rutgers. I like Rutgers and just kind of, I know that's really oddball, but they're always just that state, the, you know, the, the rack or whatever, you know, Popeye's chicken arena or whatever it's called now, um, (laughs) is like, that is just such a, and coming from Purdue, like that home court advantage is such a big deal that I think, uh, I think Rutgers will do well coming into Mm -hmm. the, into big 10 season. I think they're going to do decent. Um, next I'm probably going to say IU, but I really want to rank them lower after the (laughs) monstrosity they had against, uh, Moorhead state last night, only beating them by one point. Um, because that team is falling into the same thing that every Indiana team does. If they can't hit threes, they just run around in circles, chuck up a shot and hope to God it works. It's just, I don't know why they keep doing that, but it, (laughs) it just seems to be going that way. The Mike Woodson way. <laughs> yeah. They need to find a map. <laughs> yeah. I will finally go with Michigan State here. I predicted they would not make the tournament earlier in the year. So in order to make that happen, I feel like they have to be at least eighth. So I will cave to the pressure at number eight and put them there. Kent, what are your thoughts on number eight? Uh let's see. I'll go uh I'll go Nebraska next. And then okay. Oh man. It gets yucky after that. <laughs> it does. We just, uh, I, I think I'm, the teams that are all <laughs> used. I, I yeah, I have it marked off right here. But I think I, okay. um, you know, I think I'm going to take Michigan next. I know that they're they've got a lot of losses so far, but most of them have been within. I mean, take the Texas Tech game out; they lost that by 16. Everything else has been fairly close against some pretty good teams. I mean, Memphis and. Indiana ish. I mean, and then they did go on the road and beat Iowa already. So I think that they should be at least good for ninth place at this point. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> at least ninth. Uh yeah, I think I think Michigan is a good pick there. However, I am going to go with oops, not that one. Rutgers at number nine. I agree. I think the home court advantage for them is good. And I think Steve Peichel's a good coach and he can get yeah. this team to win some Big Ten games. And they're but recruiting really well. I know this oh, doesn't really affect now, but man, they are doing really good in the recruiting realm yes, lately. they are. Um, yes, they are. For me, ugh, I'm going to go Nebraska at this one. I don't want to disrespect Nebraska too much because they are all right at ninth. 
Um, and honestly, Nebraska is one that could get a double buy in the Big Ten tournament and would not surprise me. They're just they and again, like we've mentioned, it's a hot and cold, you know, like like one day they could do really well and beat anybody, and next day they can't, you know, they'd screw up a free lunch. So it's just mm-hmm. just trying to figure it out. Um after that, probably uh, stuck between Penn State and Minnesota. Penn State. Minnesota. Yeah, Penn State. Uh-huh. I, I like, like Penn State. I think that I think that they are going to get it turned around come Big Ten season, um, and just kind of start to piece it together. Especially because there's not a lot of parity between, say, about four to fourteen. Um, so I think they're going to beat some people they shouldn't, um, especially at home. I think they're going to kind of get pieced together. I don't know why, just a hunch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike Rhodes is a good coach. He can get them going. I'm actually going to go with Michigan here at number 10, right after Rutgers. Uh, I think Juwan Howard has too much talent to not be at least 10th. Kent, who's your number 10 team? Um, I'm going to go Minnesota right there at number 10 and uh, follow that up with number 11, Iowa. And uh, pass it right back to you. We'll keep it moving. All right. Very good. Yeah, no, I think Iowa is a good choice there as well. I think that another team who is also talented is Maryland, uh, Julian Reese, Jameer Young. They got to figure something out eventually. I know we just had a discussion about them that wasn't exactly too positive, but they got to figure something out eventually. So, Chris, your thoughts yeah. on number 11? I think I'm going to go Minnesota and then Iowa. I think Iowa's offense is going to keep them in a lot of games, but man, they got to figure out what defense looks like. <laughs> that's always the case with the Fran Bar- Brown man Fran, Fran Brown yeah uh Fran, no, yeah. Fran Brown McCaffrey McCaffrey <laughs> Fran Brown is the Syracuse coach and I've been talking about Kyle McCord too much so <laughs> uh yes I agree with Iowa at 12 that's where I'm going to have them Kent your thoughts on number 12 oh man all the way back to me already uh I just <laughs> don't believe in I, I don't believe in Rutgers as much as you guys do so I'm going to put Maryland ahead of them and then uh mm-hmm. Rutgers at um Number 13, which leaves Penn State left if you want to just fill it out, I guess. Sure. I don't like Penn State at all. Really? I, I, they haven't shown me anything yet. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't love what they're doing at all. I uh, I feel like I have to go with Penn State at 13 just so that way, um, you know, the Ohio State loss when they gave up 18, uh, an 18-point lead doesn't look too bad. Uh, it, it still looks bad, but it makes yeah. me feel better than at 14th. And then my last team to put in there is Minnesota. Chris, your last two teams? Uh, was it Michigan and Maryland? Oof. Yeah, I don't there like Maryland at all. I And I think I feel about Maryland the way you guys feel about Penn State. Yeah. I just don't like anything about them. Um, I don't just... The body language worries me Yeah, from what I've seen out of them because they are very like... They are hanging their heads a lot. They're kind of just being weird. I don't know. I just don't yeah. like them. I think from nine down, and we all kind of have it mixed up a little bit with a few certain teams, nine down, I feel like that's going to just shuffle out any mm-hmm. any which way. I think, you know, eight up, you're going to be pretty consistent on those teams in there. But nine down, those are going to kind of just shake out any which way. It'll be yeah. interesting to see. So 
All right, well, let's get to our final thing. We are going to go to our Big Ten player draft. So here's how this is going to work. I have some names down here. You don't have to pick from these names. You can pick whatever names you'd like. However, uh, let's go with six players. I'm not going to get super into the positions and stuff like that, but if you want to go small ball the entire time, feel free. Uh, It's your team. You do whatever you want with it. However, we will take six guys. So I would say take like your starting five first and then uh, maybe a six man or something like that that you think would be really good for your team. Uh, let's let Chris go first this time since uh, I'm doing Zach Eady. Like, we should have known that was going to happen. So, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Like, yeah. it's not really a surprise there. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Terrence Shannon Jr. He's a really, really good wing, uh, better than people sometimes give him credit for. A little inconsistent, mm-hmm. but top tier talent. Kent, who's yours? Uh, I'll take Tyson Walker. Okay. Where's he at here? There he is. All right. You're going to take number two then. Oh, man. Tough already. Um, Man. Bruce Thornton. I'm not going to let you have him. <laughs> well, good. I didn't want him anyway. I wanted Braden Smith. So that way uh, Chris can't have him. Nice. Hey, there you, you go. I was, just gonna, I was just going to draft the Purdue team. Yeah, right. No, I think I'm going to go with uh, Boo Booey. Okay. Yeah. And then Cliff Amore. Oh, man. You got a lot of, a lot of strengths down there. Yep. I'm going for Nobody's messing with Chris's team. Nope, nobody's going down low. Yeah. I guess I should probably mark these off into that in a minute. Uh, my other guy, I know I'm going to have two point guards on this team, but I think Doug could actually be used better off the ball uh, and be a, a good piece there. So I'm going to go with Doug uh, as my third guy. We're trying to mark some of these off. <laughs> go ahead, Ken. Yeah, that'd be helpful. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Oh, man. So many guys I like on this list still. Right. I'll take uh I guess I'll take Fletcher Lawyer. I feel like that's a really good shooting team if I have those three guys to start. Yep. Yeah. And then um man. Why don't I just draft all shooters? I'll take uh <laughs> Peyton Sanford. Yeah, there you go. You draft all shooters. Chris is never gonna stand a chance. No, no. But uh, yeah, you know, your your whole team will foul out, so <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, I am going to actually take Rank Mast in this one. Give me some rebounding help. I think he'll be a good uh, post player down there. Chris, who's your fourth player? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the, look, again, it's one of the. I think I'm gonna go with Jameer Young. I like. Even I just like, you, even though you put uh Maryland so far down. What do I have? Yeah, yeah you just said you didn't like Maryland. I don't like Maryland, but I like him as a player. I mean, <laughs> stars shine in the dark sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And then probably uh, also Lance Jones. Lance I just Jones. like, I yeah, oh, I just like, I like, I'm trying to go defense heavy. There you go. Combat the scoring of, uh, yeah. of Kent there. Yeah. Kent's going to try and shoot me lights out, but if he can't get to the three point line, then we're going to be yeah. golden. Um, I like the matchup threat, Coleman Hawkins. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily the best player in the Big Ten, but I think he's a matchup threat and would be interesting to have on my team. Kent, who are your last two? I'm so glad you picked him instead of this guy. I take Khalil Ware. <laughs> I need somebody to get a rebound. 
What do I have? There he is. Yeah, Khalil Ware is going to be really, really good there. All right, who's your last one? Six man right. off the bench. Yeah, I've I have never been on a basketball Big Ten podcast without mentioning this guy's name. He's my favorite player from Iowa. I don't see him on your list though. Is he on your list? Tony Perkins. He's oh yeah, guy. I put him on here. He's very last. There he is. There he is, right at the end. He's the last name I thought of when we were thinking when we were talking about Maryland. I don't know how he came <laughs> in my mind when we were talking Maryland. He's number one in my heart though. I love Tony Perkins. There you go. I love. Him. Um, I feel like I. Uh, need a little bit more height to come off the bench to help some of my big men. So I'm going to go with Felix Afpara. Call me Ohio State homer, but I like his defense. Chris, who's your last guy? Call me a Purdue homer, but I love everything about this guy. He's Painter's definition of a glue guy in Mason Gillis. I knew he was going to say that. I knew it. I was like, you clicked on the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. He just, Mason is just that, that dirty guy who just gets in and fights with seven footers for rebounds and plays his heart out. And I just love everything about him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I always hate going against Mason Gillis cause he is one of those guys that, that makes a lot of those things happen. So, all right. Well, uh, those are our teams. Kent, how are you feeling about your team? How do you think uh, your team would win in a game? Just shoot the I lights mean, out. I mean, we would have to shoot at least 60%, like the entire game from everywhere on the floor to win. I think, just have no size inside, but that's all right, man. That's all right. We're going to run and gun. There you go. Yeah, I think Bruce Thornton would be a good uh, penetration threat for you to to get down in the paint and then kick out, so that would be good for you guys. Um, I like the the backbone of my team, Terrence Shannon Jr., to play the wing, do a really good job of that, and Braden Smith uh, handling the ball. If he does have some struggles or something like that, we can always go to Doug McDaniel, but I like my low post guys. Rank Mass going to get a lot of rebounds. Coleman Hawkins going to be able to be a mismatch. And Felix Akpara, a very good defender for one I face. Uh, Zach Eady, he'll probably fall, foul out, but you know yeah. that's what everybody does. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on your team? I think I just, I tried to go defense. I'm, I've always been a defensive centric kind of guy anyway. So that's mm-hmm. just where I was kind of going. And then the big maple down low, just throw it to him and we'll figure it out from there. There you go. I mean, I said this before we started recording. I feel like you could put Zach Eady with five other guys the way we just did this. And that's always going to look like the best team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just a player that we haven't seen in the modern era in a long time. I mean, he's a force. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he, he doesn't try to be like a Victor women Yama or something like that, yeah. where like he does everything. Like he, he, he's a post player. He knows he's a post player yeah. and he knows he's a good uh, defender. down low. He knows what he's good at and he sticks to it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, all right guys, uh, that's all I got for the, uh, Oh, I forgot to change, man. We just went through that entire thing without the big 10 player draft there at the bottom. Whoops. Mm-hmm. All right. I hate when I do no. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who watched this, whether you watched it live or recorded later after the fact. Appreciate it. Have a great night. See you guys next time. Have a good one. Peace.